Welcome to Genuine Life Recovery with me, Jody Stevens. We're here to help you and your loved ones overcome addictions and other addiction-related mental health challenges. In this show, we dive into the physical, emotional, psychological, medical, and spiritual aspects of addiction, mental health, recovery, family dynamics, codependency, and more. Welcome back to Genuine Life Recovery. I'm Jody Stevens. Part two with Mitch Gray. We're talking about how mental health, recovery, and leadership all integrate. This is part two, and we're going to get into some great stuff. If you didn't listen to part one, I would just encourage you to do so. We covered so much. We talked about the, again, the integration between recovery and mental health and leadership, what addiction has to do with leadership. We talked about how recovery is leading ourselves, one of the greatest things that we can learn to do. We talked about what leadership really is and how we can see ourselves as leaders. We talked about what perpetuates the cycle of bad leadership and so much more. So if you didn't catch part one, be sure and check it out. And by the way, please share this show with anybody you know struggling with addiction or other mental health challenges. You can also listen by clicking podcast at jodystevens.org. And we're on most apps. You can find Genuine Life Recovery on iTunes and Spotify and TuneIn and whatever listening app you prefer to listen through. Thanks again for being here, Mitch Gray. Your book is called How to Hire and Keep Great People. And the website is recruitgreatpeople.com. When we left off, Mitch, we were starting to get into this concept of culture culture is such an interesting thing because it's never really about what we say the culture is, right? right. So it's it's what sort of right. is happening underneath where we say we are forward thinking and open to new ideas, but really we're not, right? So the real culture is really we're not. <laughs> so right. that's exactly it, right. Well, then you're your uh, kind of lack of definition kind of kind of proves the point on culture, right? <laughs> right. It's like if, if someone if someone who has studied this knows it and knows the remedy has a hard time explaining it, then who really does, you know, can explain it clearly. And yeah. that's why, you know, I, I a couple of years ago when when I really started sinking my teeth into, okay, so how do we help people A, understand culture at a deeper level and B, mm -hmm. begin to implement any change whatsoever? Yeah. Um, because we, you know, I want, I want to remind people, we are talking about a lot of big systematic issues. And yeah. my dad once told me oftentimes systems are too large that any amount of change will disrupt the system so greatly that it actually causes more damage than good. Mm, yeah. And I think there's yeah. some truth to that. Yeah. And so then it becomes a question of how can we, how can we inspire change incrementally. And that really is the most mm. applicable opportunity. And so with culture, a couple of years ago, I, I settled on a definition of culture and it's simply this. Culture is how we live, move, and exist. Yeah. Culture is about everything that is in our DNA. It's the fabric, the guiding light to how we live, move, exist, speak, engage. That is the real culture. And you just said it. People can say they have a great culture. But my question is, what, how, do, how is your culture manifesting on a daily right. basis? How is your right. culture manifesting when you're nurturing people, training people, hiring people, recruiting people? How is your culture manifesting when people leave the job and go home? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Do you have such a positive, empowering culture that it, imp- it allows them to go home and give more to their families, friends, and other, uh, you know, interests? Or do you have mm-hmm. such a stagnated, suffocating culture that it allows them to leave the workplace, but never really leave the workplace? There's really <laughs> no in between. Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like there's no in between. You're one or the other. I haven't seen any culture yet that's an in between on that scenario. And so when people start to reflect on how are we living, moving, and existing, how are we speaking, engaging, and servicing our clients and customers, that's really the question. And the reason you could walk into that place and cut the culture, the energy with a knife is because you know what you should see in a positive, empowering culture. If you don't know what you should see, then you don't know what you're missing. And that, to me, is the critical piece in most situations. They don't understand it. They've never really spent time with it. It's just pretty words on a piece of paper. And no Mm -hmm. one has really reflected on what are we going to be about and what change are we making in the world? Those are the real questions. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, it's a culture is like an undercurrent. It's you, you, you feel it more than you speak it. It's, it's not what you yes. say. It's what we kind of feel underneath yes. what's going like. You can feel it. It's just, it's, but it's, we've all, we've know. all experienced the cultures that have, that, that are the undertone that is manifested in the wave of beauty. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. when we experience that, it's unlike anything else. And that is where mm-hmm. people thrive. And so again, my question to leaders becomes, you know, I, I have this, I have this whole, this whole kind of philosophy, Jody, that says, and I want to tie this back to your great work with it when it comes to addiction. I truly believe that the marketplace can be the instigator of amazing change. I truly believe the marketplace, the workplace, that people going to work every single day, that can actually be a foundation and a catapult into positive change. Mm-hmm. I actually believe that a person that goes to work every day in an empowering environment will overcome obstacles in their life that they can't any other way. And the reason yeah. I believe that is when you start talking about the exchange of effort for money, that can be such an empowering element in life that it gives people oxygen to make the changes needed to become a better person. And when people become better people, they become better employees. And so then my question to leaders is, do you want better employees? Yes, we do. Okay, here's how. Make the workplace a valuable foundation of life. Mm. It's as simple as that. It really is as simple as that. That's so true because then it's, you know, it's just so empowering then when you're surrounded by people that have the same vision and stuff like that. Talk to me about the leadership and mental health. I know you went through battling depression and some other mental health challenges. And that yeah. sounds like that was a real catalyst for you and launched you into what you're doing now in the world of leadership. Yeah, what 100%, along with a few other elements in life, but that was for sure. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, 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 and yeah, life brings us all kinds of stuff, right? And hopefully I we know, take it. And... Uh, I know. <laughs> but it, it's just but interesting it, because for, for me, just to take a minute back and talk about, you know, I've been yeah. sober 16 years and it was through that process. And then through realizing after I got sober that I, I was super, you know, I had been self-medicating an anxiety disorder, which went all the way back to mm-hmm. being dyslexic, which went all the way back to feeling stupid, which <laughs> went all the way back to not knowing who I was. And so really the self-reflection, the recovery, the years of studying mental health, psychology, then doing this leadership, MA, blah, blah, blah. You throw all that stuff 
stuff together. And I, and, and you can probably relate to this. I can look back and, and I, I would probably yeah. wouldn't change anything because all of that is what led me to have the courage, right. To step away from the crazy yeah. of that environment and, and, um, you know, want to work helping empower other people overcome these same issues. Right. And I think that's probably where your mental health challenge, you know, most people would say, yeah, that was, that was what led me to where I was today, you know? Yeah. I, you know, I, I chuckled when you were quickly riffing through your whole timeline of life because, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, it's, um, what, what's crazy to me, Jody is, as someone who has had, you know, well over 5,000 employees in my history, as you were kind of just quickly giving us that 30 second timeline, my thought immediately was, could you imagine if every leader who has employees under their guidance actually knew, understood, and connected with the life story they're bringing to the table? Mm, yeah. And 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 yeah. so many people want to push back on that and they want to say, and I've had leaders, you know, as recently as last week, tell me, well, I don't have time for that. That's not why we're here. We just need people to get the job done. And my yeah. rebuttal is quickly, yeah. stop, stop. If you don't have time to connect with the life story of what brought this person to you, then you don't need to be in business, period. No ifs, ands, or buts. Because you're wasting your time and you're wasting people's times. And the other thing is the result of your lack of interest in people is going to continue feeding the turnstile of employees that you complain to me about. And it's the reason you've paid me thousands of dollars to come consult you. So here's the remedy. That was like what you just said was like, like, so quotable. I'm going to have to like quote that for this episode. Like what you just said to that guy or gal, whoever, you know, because that just sums it all up. It's like, you know, and I was like that too. I was so busy. I didn't have time for people. And I was one of those that always looked busy. And now I go in and I see it. I see that busy look. It's like, oh my gosh, why is she here? I don't have time for that. And that's, uh, that's where we're at. Yeah, that's so true. But what's crazy is just your little 30-second blurb a few minutes ago, I, I know so much more. And your listeners, if they've never heard those, I mean, you you know, with, with um, dyslexia and anxiety, I mean, it's now like, oh, my gosh, now I understand what brought you to where you are in this present moment. Yeah. And when I understand that, I can now connect at a level that allows me as a leader to empower you to be your best. Right. And again, I go back to, I think in every leader's heart of hearts, that's all they want. They just don't know how, or you alluded to it earlier, the board of directors, the investors, the blah, blah, blah are pressuring them. And again, it's like, okay, so let's stop playing the game. Let, let's bring the humanity back to leadership rather than, than being inhuman because that's what we've lost is we've lost the human element of all of this. And at the yeah. end of the day, we all desire the same thing. I don't care if you're Elon Musk, if you're President Biden, or if you're you and I, every single person walking the earth desires to be included. We desire to be loved. We desire to be accepted. We desire to be acknowledged. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. But we've lost yeah. that. And when we lose sight of that piece of our humanity, then we get the results that we're currently seeing. Turnstile employees 
every four months someone's leaving, losing profits, spending more on hiring and developing people than we are on product development. I mean, the data goes on and on and on, yeah. and it's insanity at its best. And so you go back to, you were asking my, you know, kind of my story, you know, I, I'm much like you. When I, I was, I was at my favorite job I've ever had. It was back when I was, uh, my, my pastor days, I'm, I'm a former pastor. And all mm -hmm. I wanted to do since I was 10 years old was be a pastor. That was it. That's all I wanted to do was inspire people and be a preacher. Mm -hmm. And so I did. And what I come to find out is I was great at parts of it. I was terrible at other parts of it. And I did not enjoy the church politics. It drove me crazy. Literally. Oh, That's not yeah. an exaggeration. And yeah. what I learned is. Um, I got burned out and I got incredibly depressed. The problem is I was functioning in a culture that didn't believe in mental health and, and depression. Right. And you see right. that in a lot of conservative Christian cultures is they don't, you know, we can pray it away. We can run it away. We can chase it away, but it doesn't exist. Just, you know, oh, pick yeah, yourself yeah. up I mean, and move forward. Mm -hmm. And my husband was, I wasn't raised in the faith. I'm, I'm Christian now, but I understand the way people um, are, but it took me a long time to come to the point of, oh, wow, Christians do bad things, you know, but my husband right. was, was raised in, in that, you know, why can't you just quit drinking? Why isn't Jesus enough? And it's like, mm, yes, obviously we understand the roots of sin and things like that. And it's not to say that he's not enough, but, but we still need help. Right. I'm still I'm, yes. I'm quite certain yes. that God did create medicine and that God did create <laughs> psychology and you know what I mean. And, and so yeah. uh, my goal is to try to integrate that. Like I want people to understand yeah. that, yeah, addiction's a disease. Yeah, there's a spiritual part of it. Yeah, there's a like it's everything. It's all working together. It's not just one. It's not just one thing. It's it's it can be everything. But yeah, I mean, back to what you were saying, I, I've experienced that in the church too. And, uh, yeah. it was painful. Like it was, that was probably what drove me into leadership and leaving and changing was actually a church wound because it, it cut mm -hmm. to the very mm -hmm. core of my need yes. for approval. And it absolutely broke me like to the point of yeah. almost suicide. And then I got into therapy and my therapist said, why would you let someone steal your relationship with God? Like, why would you mm. let a church do that? Mm. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're right. And that kind of broke, that was because it was such a deep wound. It was almost like the daddy wound, you know, it broke yeah. all of that off of me. And now I, and it actually empowered me because it was like, oh, you're right. I don't need anyone's approval. And I think that's leadership is once we finally get to where I don't need that anymore. I want it, but I don't need it because that need is an addiction too, you know, but yes, anyway, yes, back to yes. your kind of story of, so you kind of went through that, went through the depression and what was that like and how did that cause you to be able to kind of integrate leadership and mental health? Yeah. I want, I want to go back to something you said, because it really relates to uh, what, what I would say next. And that is, um, I, I was reading recently in uh, my, my latest Thich Nhat Hanh, uh, book, which if you don't know who Thich Nhat Hanh is, he's a was a, a Zen Buddhist monk who played a pivotal role over the last 70 years in culture across the world. But he had a statement in the book, and his book is, when the truth becomes your God, you've now lost all side of the truth. <laughs> right, right. 
Yeah, and that makes that, sense. When we talk about American Christianity, that's really what's happened. The, God is no longer God in most cases. It's very much the truth is the God. And and I was very mm-hmm. much embedded in a culture that that was it. You know, it was. Um, right. And so, you know, it, it, it definitely hearkened within me a lot of burnout and stress. And, and I had, yeah. you know, a suicide attempt and Oh. And I finally went to a therapist for the first time. I had someone drag me to a therapist, literally. He, he said, Mitch, I'm picking up at eight o'clock in the morning. We're driving to another city. I'm giving you my therapy session. And he did. <laughs> he picked me up at eight in the morning, drove me to a city two hours away and gave away his therapy session to me. And so oh. that was the first time that I'd been diagnosed with, uh, you know, depression. And, and so yeah. we worked through some things. But anyway, I went back to the church that I was still employed at. And I said, hey, I just need some time away, you know, maybe a paid sabbatical for, you know, a month or two, something, just yeah. some support here. And, and they gave it to me only to take it away three days later and fire me. And oh, so, my gosh. Oh. And so what what then happened was because I was so founded on the truth and not the presence of God, mm-hmm. I lost yeah. everything. I, I mean, it shattered my entire world. and so you know, I kind of went floundering through life for a long time, just trying to, because that was everything to me. It was my 10 year old kid dream. And over the next, to to fast forward over the next, you know, five to 10 years after that, what I learned from my childhood is, um, my dad, bless his heart. uh, You know, he, he and I have an incredibly close relationship and we've had these conversations, but he was a very controlling, um, not, not physically abusive, not any of that, but just very, just kind of that normal, you know, dad that grew up through the Vietnam War and grew up from parents yeah. from the Dust Bowl era. They're just very kind of that way. And, mm-hmm. and and that definitely impacted me. But what, what I found really impacted me, and it took me a while to discover this, is for me, the message of you're worthless, you need a savior, you can't do this on your own, you're most likely going to hell, that really messed me up in places mm-hmm. that I didn't comprehend until I had to walk through the journey of depression because the burden I carried as a pastor was I'm only going to be saved if I save everyone else. And so I tell people this often, I can remember like it was yesterday, walking into businesses, restaurants, flying on airplanes, knowing that if I didn't give my chance itself to save all of those people, then I was probably going to hell. And all these people were too. And in that denomination and belief system, that's what you were ingrained with, is you're lucky if you're saved, you're most likely going to hell, and if you don't save everyone else you know, they're going with you, and you're going to be held accountable. Now, you tell me- And it's so funny because, you know, you look at all the millions of people Jesus didn't save. I mean, that's just, we have this belief that it's this way, but when we really look back at the scripture, that's not what happened. It's not what happened at all. You know, most of the time they were having fun. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's a a whole, yeah, it's crazy. And you and I could probably riff on a whole nother episode or two or three of that. Oh my gosh, I know. I mean, we go to this church now where like, I I just go in and I'm like, what what does it feel like? Like, do I feel the spirit? Like, what does it feel like? Not what do they do? Like, sometimes I'll have a woman come up and give the message. And at first I was like, oh, well, they're not supposed to do that. But yet the culture... (laughs) The culture is beautiful. And so I know it's right and I know it's real, you know, and, and God's everywhere. Like he's in everything. And so, you know, it's, it's, 
yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, I think he pretty much knew we weren't going to be able to run out and save everybody. And we were going to be able oh, to, you yeah, know, do all this stuff. We put it on ourselves and then we, we beat do. ourselves we up, we you do. know. It's and then when we, when we make it the doctrine, when we make yeah, it yeah. the culture, when we make that truth the God, it oh. causes the damage like it did for me, you know? And so, yeah. so what happened, and the reason I arrived at where I am today is I did take all of those experiences. But what was interesting is right after I got out of seminary, I was 21 years old. Um, mm-hmm. I was burned out, went to a seminary that was basically four years and two, kind of one of those. And a lot of seminaries are that way. You get a four-year yeah. degree in two years. So it's it's 40 hours a week in school. I was burned out, you know, had a family. We had our other, other second mm-hmm. child on the way. And I just needed to work. I was like, I have to take a break from this. So yeah. I went in uh, and fortunately got a job with a high fashion retail company. Within six months, got promoted to manage a multi-million dollar store. And nice. so I stayed with that company for over five years and I learned more about leadership. And, and fortunately, I was, I was under the guidance of some incredibly, in fact, my latest book, um, How to Hire and Keep Great People, I dedicated to Terry and Jackie Manns, who were my leaders 20 something years ago. Mm-hmm. But when I decided to get out of ministry and move into what I thought a place I could be more influential, I thought, okay something's not right here. A, the marketplace, the workplace, the culture that's being designed isn't empowering to most people. B, we cannot compartmentalize life. Life is life. It's a whole. And until we learn to lead people from a whole perspective, it's always going to have some funk in it that just doesn't work. And so that hearkened back to my days of ministry where it was very much, well, we go to church, but we also have a life. It was, you know, church for people that don't understand in a lot of conservative Christian cultures, you have your Christian life and then you have your other life. And it's just kind of the way they view it. And it's the way they function. And as a pastor, you saw a lot of that. So then in my leadership material, I'm like, okay, at some point we have to have the conversation that life is just life. We cannot compartmentalize it. Everything impacts something else through a ripple. Everything does. You can't control that ripple. It just impacts everything else. And so that led me to this whole kind of holistic view of leadership of how are you leading yourself? How are you empowering others? And why does it matter what industry you're in that dictates the style of leadership you have? Like if Mm. we're just going to lead from our humanity, that is industry-wide and should really become the industry-wide standard because we're just simply leading from a humanistic vantage point. And what I've learned is when people do that, it actually, at the end of the day, reduces stress, empowers people, by the way, normally raises profits and revenue. (laughs) And so you start looking at the results and you're like, you can't go wrong with it. You just can't. It works. And so, yes, all of that story and getting past that feeling of condemnation, because what I learned was the same feeling of condemnation I was having in, in the church world Many, many people are having it in the work world. I'm not good enough. They're not proud of me. The boss didn't like my idea. It's the very scenario that you painted in your history. Right. They're missing the other half of the message. Right. There's no condemnation. You're good. You're like, like, where's the other half of the message? And you could see it in the workplace, too. It's like we're we're missing half of the message. We're missing the humanity. Like you said, we're missing the humanity. And and you can see that. You know, when I was studying, because mine was Christian leadership, and I, I looked, and, and what they did was they compared the, the corporate world to the church. 
and it was the same thing. It was the same model. And so you, yes. you get into, and of course I, I did media for Salem media group and it was, we were dealing with all these mega churches. And so it really, it just became a business and it was a business that was 100%. based on the corporate model. Yep. And so I think really what you're talking about is just, we, we're, we're missing the humanity and that's, what's so yes. sad because that's the point of it all. I mean, if you look right, back it? at it, yes. let, let's just take the Bible. It's all a relationship. It's the whole thing is a relationship, one covenant to another yeah. and relation, relation, relation. And then you go into the church and you forgot about the relationship. Like, <laughs> I mean, you know, that's that's terrible. And so, yeah, you're yeah. right. There's there's we've lost the humanity in yes. the church and in the the corporate world. I mean, how do we and I think it's changing. But how do we how do we fix that? Yeah, that's that's the that's the goal. There's going to be more right? to that it's question, like, but there isn't. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to answer it simply for now, and and that that answer is simply I'm going to connect back to how we began the conversation. Yeah, and that connection is it begins with yourself, and that's right. truly the essence of the response. Is how are you leading yourself, both as a leader, and then if you're just an if you're an employee, how are you yeah. showing up each day? How are you engaging with others? Are you the example and the manifestation of empowering culture that you desire? You know, mm -hmm. it's the old saying of be the change that you want to see. You cannot yeah. see that change until you become that change. And that, you know, I don't, I don't care, you know, for the most part, that's where most religious uh, entities began is with this change of light, with this change of positivity. And it really does begin with yourself. It begins with looking in the mirror and reflecting and saying, no, I want to go a different direction. And then that becomes potentially for many employees, it could become changing environments, but it could also become having heart to heart. I was actually uh, a quick story a few weeks ago with uh, working with a current client, um, a small restaurant uh, business family owned. They own a couple of locations. And it was so funny because we're doing we're doing a full rebuild, full team rebuild, full mm -hmm. culture rebuild, full system. I mean, everything. And the owner set me down one day and he goes, man, I just had an interesting conversation last week. And I go, oh yeah, what was that? And he goes, well, one of my uh, part-time managers at one of my locations set me down and said, look, I'm going to speak honestly. And if you fire me because of it, so be it. But here's the deal. This place sucks and we've got to make some changes. <laughs> and I, I mean, she it. was just as honest with him as possible. And she, I actually got to talk with her after the fact. And she said, Mitch, I thought I was going to get fired. Like I was crying before I had that conversation, but she said, here's yeah. the thing. I, I honor myself enough to know that I had to give myself that chance. And I yeah. enjoy this company enough that I had to give them that chance. And mm -hmm. thankfully the owner was, in fact, his words to me were Mitch. That's the conversation I needed. And so my yeah. encouragement to leaders mm -hmm. is be open-minded and receptive. But my, also my encouragement to employees is challenge the system because right. oftentimes they're just waiting on that shaking to actually wake up. And so don't be afraid to challenge the system. And, and, and be ready to walk. You have to, because yes, for me, I had 100%. to walk. I had yes. to walk. I, I and and I did have at the very end. I said, "This is the problem. This is what I've asked for for seventeen years." And then wow. the end, it was, "Don't let the door hit you." And some so and but but I was ready. In fact, I think I'd already yeah. resigned yeah. and then had the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, but you do have to be. You have to be ready 
to to walk, you know, and that's that's the hard part. Um, you know. And Jody, but, what's crazy but, to that, there there's a world of I think employees tie themselves to one culture because they again yeah. they're based on fear often. But my gosh, there is a world of opportunity awaiting. And oftentimes the door to those opportunities can't open until you're ready to shut the last one. Exactly. And so that's kind of the inspirational component that you can't receive what's being given to you until you're ready to receive it. And so that yeah. really helps people step into courage to say, no, I'm not going to live in this culture any longer. And when the market can demand it, when enough employees demand the change, the change happens. Yeah, it really, really does. That's true. That's true. And I would say, too, finally, just to close, when it comes to leadership, you know, after this, I have another interview on fatherlessness, right, and how that impacts addiction yes. and recovery. And so we have a lot of people in the workforce that have never had good leaders. And so I think that if, you know, if this resonates with you, it's important to have mentors and have people that can show you what does it mean to be a leader? Because a lot of times we need, I mean, we all need help. We, you know, yes. we've got to have someone come alongside us and show us what it means to be a good leader because most of us don't know because most of us haven't had a good role model. So that's where we, the community and needing each other is so, 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 so important, you know. Well, Mitch, um, this has been awesome. I could talk to you for another hour, but um, if I, in fact, if I didn't have another interview, I'd probably would. We could have four episodes, but um, I, I want people to get an opportunity to find you, your work, your books, things like that. So, so how can people get in touch with you? Um, really easily. Number one, my book, How to Hire and Keep Great People is available everywhere. So you can just search for it. Number two, cool. find me, find me on LinkedIn, Mitch Gray, G-R-A-Y. Uh, that's a great place to contact me. And then we've built a great website for people mm -hmm. that are in leadership positions called recruitgreatpeople.com. Um, nice. Talks about recruiting, hiring, development, leadership development, et cetera, et cetera. So those are the three best places. Awesome. Mitch, thank you so much. And friends, thanks for listening to Genuine Life Recovery. Love it if you would share this show, maybe leave a review on iTunes or whatever app you're listening through. You can also click podcast at jodystevens.org. And of course, we're always looking for great guests to share their experience, knowledge, personal stories, expertise on addiction, recovery, mental health, leadership. We'll add that too. And you can email me, genuinelife at jodystevens.org. And that's J-O-D-I-E-S-T-E-V-E-N-S.org. So thank you so much, friends, for being here. And we will talk to you next time. <laughs>